This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hashtag not committed. Welcome in to another edition of Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, Mr. Cody Belair on three. If you're catching us on YouTube, you can see his beautiful face right there. The lettuce is in full effect. We've got Correct. you we've got UTEP <laughs> swag everywhere. We we love it. Um, yeah, man. We're here to talk uh recruiting, obviously. A little bit of an instant reaction podcast here as four-star wide receiver Narell White committed to Ole Miss about 35, 40 minutes ago. We're going to get into that. Uh, look, I'll say this, Cody, before we get going, Narell White, uh, talented dude. I know you're a big fan. I'm a big fan. Obviously, Ole Miss is a big fan. Um, look, it, it may not be the worst thing for Narell to, uh, you know, possibly – think about looking into you know maybe looking into some life insurance before mm-hmm. he uh, gets to the nfl that would um, be smart if he's looking to do that if you want some cutting uh you know cutting your premiums by about 20 to 30 percent uh norell and, and everybody else you could uh call drew moke of usa benefits group at 601-953-8449 drew can uh can help Norell. He can help everybody else in the state of Mississippi and six other states as he is licensed for that. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. So that's ranging from regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision, even Medicare. He's got it all covered. So now more than ever, it's critical to have that taken care of. So if you need a health insurance agent, who is local and accessible, give Drew a call. That is 601-953-8449, and you can get your free quote today. Cody, with that, welcome into the show. How are we doing? Dude, did you say 35 carriers? I mean, that's – Yeah. You can't beat that. I feel like no. you can't beat that. That's great. Can't beat it, can't beat it with a stick. <laughs> nah, dude, I'm good, man. You know, <laughs> just getting rolling this morning. You know, it's Happy Friday, so we're we're really yeah. excited over here in uh, my neck of the woods. Let's get into Narelle White. This one, you know, long overdue. Ole Miss fans have been waiting a good bit for this one. Surprised everyone in the spring with a commitment to Arkansas. Ole Miss <clears throat> never stopped recruiting him, and it pays off today, Friday, as we were recording this. Um, he told Chad Simmons. Quote, they showed me I was important to them and how much they care for us in-state guys. Ole Miss made me feel like I can stay home and be one of the best receivers in the program. Um, I think that's big because of, and I'll throw it to you because I know you've got some some high-quality scouting and, and breakdown stuff here for us. But, yeah, I mean, I think he is a very 
intriguing prospect because I think he can do a little bit of everything. Um, and you've seen him live. I've seen him live. He, he's a special dude. And uh, I think he fits perfectly for what Lane Kiffin really likes to do offensively. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, and you, you hit it on the head there, I, I, he's a great get. First off, he's a great get. At six foot, 185 pounds, ran in the four fives this summer, jumped a 33-inch vertical, 4-4 shuttle, and that's that's plenty good for us on our end. He also ran an 11-5 in the 100 this spring track season, so that cross-checks with the 40 time, right? Like those match up, that's good. Um, but to your point, dude, I think Ole Miss is getting someone at the receiver position that they don't exactly have – in this current 2024 receiver crop, right? You have bigger body guys like Jeremy Scott, San Francisco McGee, and you have legit, and you have an actual burner in the slot or Z at Raji Dennis, right? So Nareel, in my opinion, brings a safety net to this group. This is someone who's a crafty route runner that has excellent ball skills that also possesses some tremendous yak ability. He's able to make defenders miss with the ball in his hands. He's someone that I think will become the guy that you look around and you say, you know, hey guys, we need a big first down here. Who are we going to? Or, hey guys, we're in the red zone. We need somebody to get open. He's someone that I think Ole Miss fans will hear his name over the loudspeakers very often in Vaught-Hemingway, simply due to the volume of catches he's going to have at the next level. I think he's someone that is going to be a safety net in this receiver class. Yeah, seeing him live and you know, not the biggest guy, but still six one is plenty big for what they're going to ask him to do. It's Agreed. cliche, I know, but come on, we're this is a recruiting podcast. We're going to operate with cliches and in certain <laughs> phrases, but he plays bigger than he is. Like in one on one situations, you said he jumped thirty three. I mean, he can really get up in strong hands for a guy that's not. You know, you, typically you associate oh big physical strong hands with the six three six four two hundred guys. Yeah, really, really confident in just plucking balls out of the air. And yeah, the short space quickness to me is is where he's going to thrive. I think Kiffin is going to put him in the slot and he's just going to make people's lives miserable over the middle. And then, yeah, I mean, you brought it up. That's a great point with with red zone. Um, You know, hey, just just put him matched up with with one guy, your guy on our best and and make him miss and get open. I think he can do that. Um He's asked to do just about everything at St. Martin down in Ocean Springs. He plays quarterback, mm -hmm. running back, receiver, returns kicks. He he might even kick. Uh, Suntarian Perkins did that for Raleigh last year. Norell might kick. I'd have to ask him. But yeah, just I, add it add it to the skill set, baby. Just add yeah, it. just keep throwing just it in it, there. <laughs> put it on the CV. Um, yeah, I think I think he is um, a really great compliment, like you said, to the other receivers they have already. Raji Dennis is a guy that you, hey, I need you to take the top off the defense here. No problem. Dude's a track guy, can easily yep. do that. Um, and then you've got the two big guys in Jeremy Scott and San Francisco McGee. But, yeah, I, I think Kiffin loves to expose matchup nightmares. And I, I think that Narelle White's the guy to do that in the slot. Um, yeah, as far dude, to as me, – To me, the thing that I think we – you know, as people watching and, you, you know, the things that you always see in us as fans or people at home, right? When you turn on the game on a Saturday, mm -hmm. you, you know, you, in your brain, you kind of have all these things going on, whatever. The things that we don't see, and I think the thing that Nareel White can become 
for this Ole Miss team is the quarterback's best friend, right? There's value to being someone that, you know, when when the fire's going and there's a ton of traffic going on, I think the thing that we underestimate is, you know, these quarterbacks are humans too. So when they drop back and they see things are getting crazy and it's traffic, they're going to think, who can I trust to catch this ball? Who, 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 who do I need to look for when there's a defender and I feel pressure, right? I need to, they're scanning the field. They, they have someone in their brain that they want to find to throw the football to. And I think Nareel yeah. White is that guy. That's why, I, that's why I emphasize safety net. He's the person that I think ultimately you would trust the most in this 24 cycle to throw the ball to and expect them to come down with it. Yeah, it's easy. The the most recent comp at Ole Miss, specifically Elijah Moore. Uh, I think there's a lot of similarities there. Norell's a little bit bigger than than Elijah Moore, uh, Mm -hmm. height-wise. But yeah, I mean, I I think Elijah Moore was very deceivingly thick. Um, He was built well. He handled the physicality of the SEC much better than I think people expected him to. Norell is similar to that, you know, probably around probably walks around 180 185 um but a very physical guy he's built well and i think to me when i saw him at the elite 11 regional the thing that stood out to me the route running was pretty crisp um 100 you know this scouting thousands of prospects typically these guys are the best guy on the field and typically unless you're looking at a juggernaut program in Georgia or Texas or Florida where they've got multiple power five dudes you're the best player on your team and it's just hey we're just getting you the ball however we can um so for that it's typically well I'm just going to out talent you and just get open but he runs good routes um and then to me I I keep coming back to the hands I mean just a you know it's not body catches he's using his hands to catch the football and get upfield and you mentioned it, the yak, I think, is is where he's going to be a nightmare. Um, you know, maybe a little, little Hollywood, little Hollywood brownish where can get separation with the route running. I think, sure. to me, that's a big thing for receivers because you can be quick, you can have foot speed, but creating separation with superb route running is where it can make a difference. That's, I mean, that's my thing, right? When you, when you talk about it, we, you know, we look at a lot of things now these days and we have a ton of film and we have a bunch of analytics and we got a lot of numbers that help us predict and project where guys are going to be at the next level. And I think those are extremely valuable. I definitely lean more towards that route, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, football's not rocket science, right? Especially at the receiver position, it's get open, catch ball, score. At the end of the day, that is what it boiled down to. And Nareel White is plenty fast enough. He runs good enough routes and he catches the ball damn well. And ultimately, that's what you're going to ask him to do. Just make, let him do it. Don't yeah. make it complicated. Just let him do it. Yeah, I um, I I don't think it's it's too too far of a stretch to say I, I think he'll be a factor in 2024. I think the the quickness and just the ability is going to get him on the field in some capacity. I don't know if it's going to be a, you know, he'll be in the the top group. He'll be wide receiver one material. That's mm. not to say not in the future, but I think as a true freshman, I think he will, he will be on the field, whether that's returning punts, 
returning kicks or just being a, a slot guy that can run out there and be a nice change of pace. Um, I fully anticipate him making a difference next year for, for Ole Miss. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's somebody that, you know, we have him on that cusp rated, right? I think we have him, what, at 89 so overall, mm-hmm. something like that, 89. I, I could see a world in which, you know, he continues to produce uh, as a senior and we we vault him into that four-star territory, especially if he's able to prove that, like, hey, guys, I can win vertically. I can win at all three levels of the field. Um, so if he's able to produce and show that he can do that, there's not a world in which Nareel White couldn't be a four-star when all said and done. Let me ask you this before we we move on to uh, another commitment Ole Miss is expecting on Saturday. And sure. A little, little peek behind the curtain. I could be completely wrong here, but – all right. In terms of in terms of when you evaluate senior tape from guys like like a Norrell who's right there, um, does it kind of hurt prospects like him that do everything where you don't get a real prioritized focused look at one position, or is that not really an issue for you? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily an issue. I think I think it's tough. So I'm trying to think of the best way to answer this. So there's certain players that we have questions and concerns about that senior tape can really, you know, the the variable of what their senior tape does can really like jump, like catapult them to a different world or drop them off a cliff. It Mm -hmm. depends what we know and what we don't know about a player. So a lot of guys that have athletic measurables that are verifiable and size that we can pinpoint and say like, yep, we know how big he is. We know athletic he is the football. We have a generally good idea about, you know, there's, or or if we don't have a generally good idea about the guys that have athletic testing that we know size and have like good size, their senior tape could skyrocket them or knock them Mm. off a cliff, right? Like it's, The tape is the stuff we aren't sure about those guys. Guys that we know can ball out on the football field on Friday nights, guys that have already great production or elite production, and we don't know the size or don't know the athletic measurables, the senior tape can only do so much, right? Like Because the things we have concerns about aren't the play. It's not about the football player. It's about how athletic or how big is this guy really to help determine his ceiling. So it kind of varies on prospects, to be honest with you, Zach. Like, it's, it's not a matter of, yep, every kid, you know, the senior tape weighs this amount. It's, it's not quite like that. For each kid, there's different amounts of variables and things that they can show or prove that we either know or don't know that can that, um, factor into the equation. It's just, it's tough. It's, it's each kid's yeah. individual. And then, you know, for him, I think it'll, it'll be big for him to, you know, I expect him to get an invite to the Mississippi Alabama game. Um, you know, for it sure. remains to be seen if he'll get one for the Under Armour or the All American Bowl or the Polynesian, whatever. But yeah, those, you know, he's he's done all the camps. He, he did OT seven. He did yep. he did a ton of seven on seven work. Um, right. But but yeah, when you get in that specialized environment, going against you know best on best, that is where I think a guy like him can really shine and yeah. get a a little late boost if that's what he's wanting. 
Absolutely. And that's some of the, you know, that's what made me excited about Narelle and seeing him in person, because I was able to check boxes to say like, hey, guys, this kid can win at the catch point. He can win 50-50 balls. The hands have always been good, but you didn't know how he was in 50-50 situations where he had to give vertical and, you know, get above the rim and play against guys that way. Because there's always kind of this thought process as I'll be candid right for me specifically where I viewed him as this off ball Z type intermediate receiver that's all he could do right he could win Mm -hmm. between 16 to 8 yards and you know do some stuff with the ball in his hands which is great but I was always concerned vertically in terms of top end speed and Mm -hmm. in terms of physicality 50 50 balls he checked the 50 50 ball box for me the only thing that he can't really do unless he goes out and runs a 4-4 flat right now or runs a sub 11 in the 100 meter would be to check the top end speed box i don't expect his senior season to do that for me that's just not how it works mm-hmm. um but you know it, who's to say if he gets a little more mass in his lowers and he gets a little more explosive like maybe he adds that tool to his toolbox but i don't expect that to happen um, but I will say I came away this came out of this summer having more boxes checked than I did going into it, which is great. Another guy that that checks the box for you, Trevor Jackson, quarterback, Jones High School in Florida. Yeah, he uh, really turned some heads at Elite 11 finals in L.A. Um, we've talked about him before. He announces on Saturday. I expect Ole Miss to receive good news there. Yeah, I for me, the word is intrigue. Um, I think there is a there's a ton to like with him. Um, Still a little green at the quarterback position. This is his second year as a starter and he is splitting time down there at Jones. They've got a little bit of a two quarterback system um, down there. But I, I do think he can really spin it. And I think the frame lends to growing into a much bigger, more physical dual threat guy than just a, you know, Hey, I can really run and, you know, I can whip it around the yard. So I I know that, that you're high on him as well. Yeah, man. I I like the kid and I I really like the fit with Lane Kiffin, to be honest with you. This is a guy that can stretch the field with his arm strength. And like you touched on, he has the athleticism, mobility in the body type to have a role as a runner for the offense. This is to me, this is the type of quarterback that defenses absolutely hate playing against. Because if he's on, you're screwed. You're completely out. He can beat you vertically, and he can ground and pound you to death with his legs. Now, he is raw. You're 100% right there. He has some consistency issues when it comes to accuracy. I saw it in person at the Elite 11. But I think a lot of it stems from lower half mechanical issues that are fixable, in my opinion. But it is something to be aware of, right? I I think you give him a year or two with Kiffin where he's able to get live reps and he's able to get coaching at that level from someone like Lane Kiffin that can turn him into someone that Ole Miss fans should be excited to see step on the field. To your point, Zach, it's all about consistency. We just need him to clean up some stuff in his lower half mechanically, get his feet aligned with his shoulders and all that good stuff. But the arm talent is real and the athlete is real you can't coach either of those things and he has both yeah that was i know charles power um is a big fan of him as well 
you know, you use the term RPM. It's used a lot in baseball these days, but yeah, um, you can use it with some with some signal callers too. He can really, really crank it up and and spin it. Um, Dude, I, I'm yeah, I mean, just. To touch on that, Zach, I remember because I was there with Charles, obviously at the Elite Eleven, and so the way that was my first time going, which was amazing. Um, but dude, the way they had this thing set up, the day one, they have these QBs kind of sit towards the back corner of the end zone, and they have these like cameras set up because they're getting a bunch of data and like video in to see like velocity and sort of like mechanically like the arm angle stuff. And so Charles and I like sprinted to that corner and we're like, are these dudes about to throw like eight balls a piece at three levels of the field and just do it like four feet from us? They sure are. So every single QB goes through that's there and they go through that station. They make like eight throws, little short hitch slant and like a deep ball over the middle. And so we're standing there and this is our first time seeing Trevor throw in person. Right. And so they all kind of go and he's like middle of the middle of the group when it comes to placement or like order. And so he stands there and I'm telling you this, he's throwing like a seven yard hitch, like an eight yard hitch route. This dude's like 10 feet from him basically is what it feels like. And he rips that SOB and you could hear the laces pop off his hands. And Charles and I just kind of looked at each other like, all right, so the velocity checks out. Good to know. <laughs> like we're in, it turns out we looked at the data. I think he threw the hardest ball in that entire group. Like I think he had the yeah. highest velocity or highest RPMs or miles per hour or whatever it was out of the entire group. And you could hear it off the fingertips, which is something that I've only really seen a couple of times in person. Um, but that dude had it. Like, guys, I'm telling you, he's got smoke coming off the laces. Like he can really, really rip it. Yeah, won the velocity superlative from you guys yeah, at Elite right. Eleven yep. Finals. Won the rail job, shot Charles. competition. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it says uh, the breakaway ball score. Yes, is what I guess That's the right. test. Yeah, um, correct, correct. Yeah, he registered the highest score on that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know, young for his class. Mm-hmm. Um, was a you know his first year as a starter at West Orange. He turned some yep. heads, and then yeah, really solidified that four-star status at, at elite 11 but yeah I, I do i do like the fit and again i think you know the jokes write themselves at this point with ole miss and quarterbacks so how many quarterbacks does lane kiffin need <laughs> I, you can and you can chime in on this you, you've been in a player personnel seat before you know yeah. when you're evaluating talent and looking at a depth chart i mean kiffin just operates under the the mantra i assume if i can get a talented dude i'm gonna take him and we'll figure it out later Right. And it's, it's funny, Zach, because I've had that when I was at Texas Tech, we've kind of had this discussion because we had a great room of QBs when, when I was there at Tech going into the 2022 season with Tyler Shuck, Baron Morton, Donovan Smith. And I'll tell you the same conversation that we had in that, in that personnel office, as I would assume they're having in the same personnel office at Ole Miss, which is, Hey guys, one of these dudes is leaving it it doesn't it doesn't matter right i mean at the end of the day when you take that especially with the transfer portal now at the position and how much success some guys have had transferring to other schools it's inevitable it's it's yeah. it's, it's inevitable um these guys want to play and they want to play early and if they see that little you know third string number or they see that younger cat 
is getting more reps in practice than they are. Like that portal starts screaming a little bit. And that's the toughest part. But I will say from the personnel, like the roster management side of that conversation, it's never a bad deal to have the cream rise to the top, right? Like if you load up your quarterback room with talent, odds are you're going to find the best two guys. And it's going to be pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe you lose a roster spot or two to guys leaving in the portal. But I would I would bet they feel damn good about the two or three guys that end up staying because they know they have the right two or three guys. So it's tough, dude. It's a weird balance because you want to load up the room with talent. But, you know, when you load up a room with talent, the guys that are really, really good that may not make the two deep, they're going to look for opportunity elsewhere. That's just part of the gig. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. For me, I think Ole Miss is back on schedule quarterback wise. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just from a best case scenario. So bear with me here. I think mm-hmm. if you're an Ole Miss fan and if you're a staffer on in Oxford, you hope Jackson Dart takes that big step like Matt Corral did in year two with Kiffin. Yep. Throws for, you know, 3,000 yards, whatever, almost wins eight or nine games, and he takes his chances and goes pro. Then in 2024, it's Walker Howard and Austin Simmons battling it out. Then in 2025, you have a returning starter, and then you've got Trevor Jackson, who is acclimated to the speed. He's in the playbook. He's been in the weight room, and you're back. You're you're on schedule because they were off schedule for a while. Yep. Um, and I think that that room is is kind of lined up nicely for the future. Yep. The the biggest kicker to that, Zach, in my opinion, is the portal. You never know who's going to pop up. You never know if, let's say, for instance, Walker Howard plays and you feel good, right? And the idea would be to have when Walker Howard's time is done, Austin mm-hmm. Simmons and Trevor Jackson are the ones that are battling it out for QB1 whenever Walker's done. Correct. However, depending on that development, and that's the golden ticket, right? If you knew what Austin Simmons was going to be, or if you knew what Trevor Jackson was going to be, you wouldn't have this conversation. But if they develop maybe at not the ideal speed that you're hoping, mm-hmm. maybe that's a scenario in which you dig into the portal for a, uh, 
what do they call it? Like the, the buffer guy, like the buffer quarterback. Maybe you take a guy for a year, kind of like Notre Dame is doing with like Sam Hartman, right? Like right. Sam Hartman's going to come in. Yeah. He's going to be the one-year guy. He's going to play. He's going to start. He's probably going to be pretty good. It's and like then a, you move on to the next guy. It's like a gap year. A hundred percent. Like yeah. maybe you have a guy that like sits right in between that window, allows Simmons or Jackson to really get another year of development. Then you hope you have a better guy. So it's weird, man. Quarterbacks is a completely different ball game when it comes to timing and development. With the portal in it now, it's a completely different ball game. Changes the way people have to think about the roster. Yeah. Um, speaking of a guy that is going to make an impact on your roster, Ole Miss received a commitment from Camarion Franklin a week ago. Um, man, you want to talk about a week? It was uh, it was a doozy. Uh, his recruitment took some turns um, earlier this year, spring into early summer. It was all Tennessee. Um, Miami had a cup of coffee in the lead. He went down to Coral Gables a ton. Um, really likes Mario Cristobal and that staff. He, he couldn't rave enough about the people down there. And then Auburn jumped into the picture with Hugh Freeze, that Mississippi tie that he has. Jeremy Garrett, the defensive line coach, played at Ole Miss from Mississippi. So, um it looked like it was all tigers and then i guess like that wednesday night of his commitment week things shifted heavily to pete golding randall joiner kelvin bolden and ole miss ultimately picks ole miss stays home he just said that that opportunity to represent his home state and for his mother and his grandmother to be right there to be able to come see him was just too much to overcome uh i i guess probably on Camarion's list of things to overcome is, uh, you know, earning a little bit more keep uh, for him in the rankings um, department. I know that's difficult and it's hard and, and he's as talented as anyone, but I guess just from a pure prospect perspective, um, yeah. what's your evaluation of him? Because I do think he's a bit of a tweener and can grow into a different position. Yeah. Um but I do think the position he's at right now, which I do think he's a legit defensive lineman edge guy with the wingspan and the size, but what's, what's your initial take on him as a, a rising senior? Yeah. So it, it's, he's very interesting. He's a very intriguing guy. So we, I'll start with body typing, right? Cause that's the first thing we're doing, right? First thing you do when you top the tape on before you even pop tape on, we look at body type, right? And so like you touched on, we had him last verified at 6'5", 265. He's got a 6'5", wing. He's got like a 77 and a half wing. So a 6'5", <laughs> wing, which is average length at the position, right? Like a lot of guys usually have like four inches either direction. So pretty good to above average wingspan would be about two or three inches longer than your height. So he's run of the mill from a wing perspective, length perspective, right? Which is okay. It's just average. Um, 10 hand, which is good size-wise. So, I mean, he checks the box as a versatile defensive line weapon. That's how I decided to phrase it. Um, at that mm. size with his frame, he can add weight to kick inside, right? He could kick inside to a three technique if they wanted to have him uh, sit closer to like 275. Maybe he could play a five technique or a strong side end. Um, or a four eye, which is essentially the end and a three down front. But if he maintains his weight and they keep him as an edge, he can stand up or play with his hand in the dirt and can be used as a primary pass rusher from the weak side. 
his size allows him to be used all sorts of ways. It's going to be all on Ole Miss and P. Golding and how he feels he's best, you know, utilized for that defense. However, to me, the the biggest hurdle he has to get over, and it's probably why he's rated lower for us than a lot of the other services, is the hip and ankle stiffness, right? That's the thing that comes up on film consistently and especially when you watch the game tape, when he's in the open field and he has to change direction and he's forced to redirect, he gets stuck in the mud. It's like getting out of a crowded parking lot with an F-150 compared to like a Prius. It's going to take some (laughs) more effort and it's going to be tight. That's the ankle stiffness, right? The hip stiffness is apparent when we talk about pad level at the point of attack and bending the corner. So if he were to project as an edge rusher, right? The hip stiffness isn't as big of an issue when it comes to him, especially if the majority of his work isn't coming off of the weak side as a stand-up rusher. But when he turns the corner and his hips um, lock up and he isn't able to turn the corner as effectively as you would like, that limits his skill set as a pass rusher. Now, at the point of attack, which is where I think the majority of his work is going to be as an inside guy, I think he's going to be more of a five technique. You can tell me if I'm wrong on that. I think he's going to do a lot of his work as like a strong side end, or they mm-hmm. beef him up and have yeah. him play as like a three technique. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what they do. Um, but when you're at the point of attack and you're six five like he is, it's about getting underneath blockers. When you're six yeah. five, you have to be able to gain leverage by either shooting your hands first and winning with length, which we touched on isn't great for someone his size, or you have to be able to get low and win the leverage game. You have to. He doesn't have great length. Um, We talked about that. So at the next level, especially if he's playing that three tech or four eye or five tech or whatever you want to call it, where he's going to be asked to set the edge or hold the point, he's Mm -hmm. going to have to get low and get underneath blockers with his hips. um, Excuse me. And get low underneath blockers. Because with his hip stiffness, that's going to be a challenge. Now, with with all that being said, right, is he too low for us right now? Probably, right? Like he's into the 220 range. Um, and I've fixated on the areas he can improve, right? But the things he does have is violence. And he has burst off the mm-hmm. ball. He's got good hand usage. He plays with a good motor. He is extremely productive at the high that's school the level, word. right? Like 17 TFLs or... Uh, what was it, like 17 sacks, 20-something TFLs, or like 40 hurt. It's ridiculous. Like, the numbers yeah. are ridiculous. Broke Already um, broke the school record for sacks. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's extremely productive. The stiffness is the thing that holds me back, especially as he potentially adds weight. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a top 50, top 75 pick for us, in my opinion. Hmm. But is he maybe closer to a day two guy than a day three guy like we have him currently? Perhaps. But I still think the sweet spot that he can land when all said and done for us is probably in that 150 to like 200 range. He'll need to show some improvement in his movement skills in order to make that jump, but it's definitely possible. Like he's D-line 21 for us right now. I could see him potentially reaching D-line 15, but that's only if he shows some improvement in those areas. Yeah, his coach... Uh, his head coach at Lake Comrade talks a lot about his his motor, and yeah, and, and I think that that's big when you look at tape, and you probably think the same. What yeah. do you do when the play goes away from you? What do you do 
you know, maybe you, you take a, you take a bad step, you take a poor step, yeah. you get blocked initially. What are you doing after that? Um, his coach raved about him as, as a guy that big in pursuit and um, being a leader. Um, but yeah, I, I think talk about, we, we said the same thing with Norrell where you're just the best player on the field. So you just make plays. I think sure. with, with Camarion Franklin, it's kind of similar where he's going to be the biggest guy. Yep. He's going to be able to physically dominate and just make plays. And that's a lot of high school defensive linemen. I mean, come on. Sure. Like they're, they're not all technically sound right. when they're 16, 17 years old. And that's what getting to college. And that's what Randall Joyner is going to do. But yeah, I mean, get a little bit lower, um, you know, use the lower half a little better and he's going to be just fine. Um, right. And that's I'll the throw- thing too, right? When, when we talk about projecting for us, we're going to the draft, right? Like we're projecting the NFL yeah. draft. Yeah. None of those guys move poorly. There's none, zero <laughs> yeah. that move in the NFL poorly. So, and I'm not saying it's poor from Camaron. There's a reason. And like, that's kind of what I touched on before we even talked about this, right, Zach? Like when you hit me up the other day about doing this, it's one of those deals where this kid's ranked as a draft pick. Like we still have him slated to be a draft pick. Um, is it a top, is it a day two guy or top fit, like three round guy? Not right now. It's not. And I don't know if it will be necessarily, but he's still going to be a very good player for Ole Miss. Like, yeah, you will take an entire team of draft picks if you're a any team in the country, to be honest with you. Anybody in the country is taking a team full of like fourth, fifth, and sixth rounders because those guys are special. And when you look at the wide world of college football, like guys that are getting selected on draft day are freak humans. And he has some of those tools in his bag to be that guy. I just don't see a player with his hip stiffness and ankle stiffness that equates to a top 100, top 150 selection at this point, right? But there's who's to say if he's able to develop that and loosen up and do some like Pilates or ballet or something like that just to get the hips and the ankles loose, man, that's because that's all he needs right now. Um, he start, yeah, start he, doing some he, hot yoga with Kiffin. I'm telling you, man, that's real. Like, Corey, I will say, like, Corey Raymond at LSU taught me that, which was actually kind of crazy. Like, I had never met someone that believed that you can teach hip flexion. Like, you can actually loosen guys up. He's like, because he had a great analogy. Like, when we were talking about players, we would talk about corners, and this still translates to D-line, right? Because hip stiffness is hip stiffness. Um, it's just corners have to flip their hips, like, nonstop. Um, so we're talking to Corey and we talked about this kid and we're like, oh, he's tight. Da, 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 da. I don't know if he's gonna be able to flip his hips. And he said, do you think black belts just started with the most loose hips of all time? And we're <laughs> like, what? And he was like, do you think these guys that are like martial arts, like black belts, absolute freak show, you know, movers just were born that way? And we're like, well, no. And he's like, you just have to train it. That's all it is. And it's tough because a lot of these high school kids, especially track and field guys, it's about explosion. A lot of it's about bursts and explosion and power. And especially with these bigger guys, like it's the same deal. They're doing a bunch of squat stuff. They're doing a bunch of bench press, a lot of stuff and and, and weights um, that are stiffening up their muscles. But when they, Mm -hmm. when they snap and pop, that's when they show off. But when it comes to looseness and pliability and flexibility, a lot of guys aren't working those muscles. So you have a bunch of dudes that are strong as hell and have get off an explosion. But boy, when you ask them to change direction or start steering a little bit, they get a little tight. 
And uh, yeah. that's something that he can work on. He just got to do it sooner rather than later, in my opinion. I'll, I'll give you a comp here and you'll like this. Um, and a little bit of a tie in to Pete Golding. Okay. Reminds me, reminds me a lot of Marcus Davenport. And mm, I do think he was a little bit slim when he was at UTSA. Sure. Absolutely. And then he, then he grew into a monster. Right. What he is now in the NFL, which I do think that there is, a, there is room in the frame for Franklin to add. And yeah. like you said, he could grow into that. Um, but yeah, I, I do like the, the comp there of like a, a guy that has, you know, good to pretty good length mm-hmm. and is pretty violent. And if he can learn to just move laterally a little better, train yeah. those hips, coach those yep. hips up. No um, I, I think that he could be a difference maker for Ole Miss. And the good news is he's going to arrive to campus early. And he'll get in the lab with with Randall Joyner and Pete Golding pretty quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, man, like the thing he is able to do is win in a straight line. There's zero question about that. From when if you had him on a rail system, he would smoke you because he, he is violent <laughs> and he has great hand usage. Like he really does use his hands effectively um, and he has power. And when it comes to pure power play, he has it. You just hope at the next level he continues to develop because he has to be an elite hands guy with his lack of length he has to be an elite hand guy so because if you're matched up with someone that is at the same level of you when in terms of hand usage the longer guy wins that that's just science like that's just numbers (laughs) right like yeah the guy with the longer arms is going to touch your like is going to touch you first that's the game yeah um, so if he's able to develop good hand swipes and is able to keep his chest clean, that's what we call it. Keeping your chest clean when you're able to get blockers hands off of you. It's just about keeping your chest clean because once you have leverage here and you're able to get underneath guys and get your hands here, the game's over. It doesn't matter if you're 150 or 350. If you get your hands on somebody right here in their shoulders, you can do whatever you want with them. You can move them all over the place. So for him, it's about getting to that point despite his lack of length and being able to maneuver and dip and get underneath guys to keep that chest surface out of the way. Anything he can do to make this target smaller will help him exponentially. Yeah. I'm excited to see him this year. I'll be down there. In uh in Lake Cormorant to see him in, in person live. Um have yeah. yet to do so. So I'm excited. I've only seen film, obviously. Um, but yeah, get down there, see him. Um, and then uh Ole Miss expecting Trevor Jackson Saturday, and then uh big get for them getting to Rail White finally uh today. Uh right now, let me do a quick effort here. I believe Ole Miss is now. 22nd in the team rankings. I expect uh, that number to, uh, I guess, for the sake of this uh, exercise, to go down when mm-hmm. they land Trevor Jackson. Um, and that would be quite the uh, quite the week for Ole Miss, landing three four-star guys, two on the offensive side, and then a cornerstone guy like Camarion Franklin for the future. So big week for Lane Kiffin and, and Ole Miss as they head into uh, their opener against Mercer. And, um, yeah. Big uh big shout out to our boy Cody for joining us. 
Fun as always. Again, remember, home field apparel. The drop is on Saturday. Use promo code TOC23. You can see Cody's got the the minor magic on right now. I've got a I've got a Kansas shirt on as we speak. So um, go get you some tees. Get you a quarter zip. Get you a sweatshirt. Whatever you need. TOC23 is the promo code. Put that in before checkout. Fifteen percent off your first order. Um, and it's uh, I, I've seen the I've seen the collection. It, it's some it's some straight heat, as the kids would say. So, um, <laughs> as uh, is that what as the youths always, are calling it these days? The, yeah, the, heat, the straight youths, heat, that drip. Uh, you know, home field's like in their bag, I guess you would say. <laughs> or uh, oh no, the new one now is uh, w- when the collection comes out, the youths will say, "Oh, home field ate on that one." Oh my That's, god, they ate on that. One. <laughs> This is, this is what covering recruiting does. You stay up. Phenomenal. Uh, you stay yeah. up to date I'm, on the I'm, lingo. I'm out of the game, man. Like I'm not hanging out with these kids like I used to on visits. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning from through you. So I appreciate you yeah. giving me that. Like now I, fa- now I can add that to the notes. My favorite is, and it's making a comeback like, like 90s fashions, making a comeback early 2000s. You know, everything is cyclical. Kids now are saying dead ass more. Have you heard mm. that? Do you remember have, saying I- that? I didn't say dead ass a Did you lot. Never say I feel that? like that was I wasn't a big dead ass guy. I was always sort of someone that described things as rad and okay. uh, people were like Do people say that? And I was like, "No, not really, but it just I feel like it really describes how I felt about a lot of things at yeah. the time." So, rad Maybe was it's... big for me. Dope was big for me. I was a big dope guy. Things yeah. are things are dope, but dead ass was never in the lexicon yeah. for me. It just wasn't in the rotation. We... I remember we said that all the time in high school. Um, maybe it's a geographical thing because I was I actually saw a video this morning of somebody describing what junt means. Did you ever use oh, junt? Uh huh. No, okay. that's not that's not in our territory. But I know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we we, yeah. we we cover everything here on Not Committed. So again, thanks to Cody for jump, jumping on and talking some uh, some recruiting, and uh, we'll be back with you um next week with more podcasts we've got hit that line out we've got week zero locks and an sec west preview heavy on the uh old miss obviously but we take a we, we do we, it's a concerted effort to objectively preview the division and um you know i, I think we all kind of came to the conclusion that it, it's kind of lsu's to lose this year um so we talk a lot about lsu we try to answer the questions that Alabama's facing heading into this season. Um, and then, of course, we uh, deep dive into Ole Miss and their brutal schedule. But um, I- I'm pretty optimistic. So um, you can find all of that on the Talk of Champions podcast network and the rest of it on omspirit.com, an affiliate of On3. So for Cody over there, I'm Zach. If you were watching us on YouTube, we appreciate it. Subscribe, smash that like button, as the kids would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the, you know, hit you know, the bell. It's somewhere down there. Yeah, yeah. It's, hit this, <laughs> hit the subscribe, follow Zach yeah. on Twitter, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll have more from Cody as the uh, cycle rolls on. But until next time, we appreciate y'all. We out of here. <laughs>